Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly. Thank you so much for joining us for Rain and Rest. This is week 10. We just got finished doing nine weeks of the Lord's Prayer, and it was just incredible. I hope you loved that so much. I really felt the, um, the power, the love, and the alignment that the Lord's Prayer brings us into with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this week, where are we at? I really want to use this time to transition us into the next, uh, let's see, we have 21 more of these. I can't even believe we're this far. We're a third of the way in to a 31-week schedule with these rain and rest videos. So let's transition right now into the remaining weeks. And I want to do it in this way. I want to talk about something that I'm going to call a sacred space. So I was talking to a friend last night about the idea of living in the inner court versus the outer court. And we were talking about how um, before Jesus came and before he tore the veil, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, before he went to the cross, before he died for your sins, for my sins, before he was resurrected, okay, what was going on in a religious sense? What was happening to help people come back into alignment with God? Well, there were ceremonies and lots and lots and lots of boxes to check. There were certain things that had to be done by the priest in order to basically say, okay, for a little bit here, for a little temporary moment, the people's sins are forgiven. And so what this looked like is there was a court, there was an outer court and an inner court. And I want you just to imagine that. Think of a, think of a court right now, not a courtroom, but like a, like a, a court, um, like a garden or, you know, that kind of thing, like a, like a courtyard. That would probably be the best way to think about this. And on the outside, the outer court, people were there and um, welcome and their sins were being forgiven and they were there for many different reasons. But on the inside, the inner court, this was a place that was reserved only for priests and people who basically went through a list of different religious things that had to happen. There were sacrifices that had to be made. There were lighting of lamps. There was incense. There was washing of hands. There was all sorts of things that you can read about in the Old Testament that God required of these priests so that they could enter the Holy of Holies. And that is the very inner court is the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was protected by a curtain called a veil that was as thick as a man's hand. So let's say six to seven inches. Some say a little bit more than that, but that is a very thick piece of fabric. And that's important for us to know right now because of what happened next. So here's this veil. It's really the, the Holy of Holies is surrounded by this veil because inside the inner court, inside the Holy of Holies, is the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to think of a treasure box, a beautiful treasure box. And it's so much more than that, right? It was the Ark of the Covenant. But inside that was the presence of God. The presence of God was actually inside. God himself put his presence, his holy, perfect presence, all his love, all his healing, I mean, can you imagine inside this ark? And this ark was transferred at one point, it was transported, and then it was set inside the inner court in the Holy of Holies. But only the priests who did all the right things, checked all the boxes of all the religious things that had to happen, they were designated priests, they could go in under their belly and they would crawl on their belly underneath the veil 
and get inside to the Holy of Holies. And you know what was crazy? They would even tie a rope around their leg in case they went inside and something wasn't quite right in them or maybe they hadn't done everything perfectly and they're done. They would drop dead and then they would use the rope to drag them out. Can you imagine this? But what they were doing was they were going to uh, rectify the sins of the people for a designated amount of time. That's what the priests were doing. They were going in to basically, can we get some forgiveness of sins for our community? And that's what they would do for just a little temporary, kind of like a temporary permit. Okay, think of it that way. Permission to be free of the consequences of sin. And the sacrifices that were made are really important because that's where Jesus stepped in. And God sent his son, Jesus, to become the final sacrifice. Not one of the sacrifices, but the final sacrifice. And he was the only sacrifice that was perfect enough to become a sacrifice for all time, past, present, and future. And you and I are living in the forgiveness of God from the sacrifice of Jesus's body and his life. And that sacrifice that was made that day on the cross is why you and I are shame-free. Our sins have been completely forgiven. But I wanna show you what happened, just in case you don't know the story, many of you do. But at three o'clock in the afternoon, our Lord was hanging on a cross and the earth shook, there was an earthquake, the sky went dark and guess what happened next? He willingly gave up his life and he said the words, the word, the phrase, to die, which means it is finished or paid in full. And what happened in that very moment is that veil, that very thick curtain, ripped from top to bottom. It ripped all the way down and out came the presence of God to fill all the earth and people wouldn't drop dead in his presence because our sins were forgiven. We don't have to tie a rope on our ankle just thinking, uh-oh, if God's around here somewhere, I might you know, drop dead any moment. No, because the sins of the world were forgiven and the veil was torn. So this is what I want us to think about today. We have an experience with our Christian lifestyle. We have an outer court type of experience, and then we have an inner court type of experience, even now. The outer court would be like you going to a Bible study, you going to um, a church service, and I absolutely love worship. If you've ever been with me in worship, you know I'm going crazy town. I love worship. I love the radical expression. Even though I can't sing, I'm a worshiper, okay? I love that. I also love ministering to people. I love praying for healing. I love watching people get free. I love seeing people get free of oppression and, and demonic control. I love being a part of that. I love when God asks me to step in and be a part of that activity. But that's all outer court. That's me in the outer court. And if I accidentally make my life with Christ about the outer court, about the worship services, about the ministry that he's asked me to lead. Maybe even I only make my relationship with God about her voice and what we're doing here. And maybe just, hey, my relationship with you is really just dialed down to the rallies that we're gonna be doing this year. I mean, that would be not good. 
because there is an inner court, a sacred space where I get to go in, shut my door, and everything else disappears. And when I say shut my door, I mean that symbolically. I might mean it literal too. Like I'm going to go in and shut my door and just be with my Jesus. But that's also a way of living where God, I say to you, aside from all my ministry duties, aside from the worship services I'm a part of, aside from the community and the Bible studies that I'm a part of, which are very important, by the way, they're, they're very important to our walk with Christ. But aside from all that, God, I want to know you intimately, completely. I want you and I to be one. And there's this oneness with Christ that is so safe. And that's where our rest is. Our rest is in being in oneness with the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason I say this is because sometimes we can get all flustered, frustrated, aggravated, maybe even jealous, maybe insecure. That's a big one in our outer court experiences. Like, wait a minute, they didn't ask me to be on the ministry team or gosh, I was going to pray for that person, but somebody else did. And maybe I was supposed to. And, you know, we just get insecure. We start bumping into different things. And that outer court, if that is what we have narrowed our experience with Jesus down to, or even our relationship, like our intimacy is only reached into the outer court, then we are going to find ourselves dry. We're going to find ourselves really feeling disconnected and distant from God. We might even feel shameful. We might even feel insecure. And so today what I want to do is I just want us to take a moment to align ourselves with this inner court, this sacred space on the inside of us that we get to say, Father, thank you for my community. Thank you for the worship that you put in front of me. Thank you for inviting me to, be, to minister. Thank you for involving me in the revival that's going on right now. But Father, aside from all of that, I want to live in an intimate, sacred space where it's just you and I 24 seven. And then when I'm in the outer court experiences of my life, I can actually be in the inner court at the same time and I can settle in and sit in the oneness with Christ. That is so important. I want you to imagine right now that your heart is so aligned with Christ that you are feeling so safe and so unified with the Holy Spirit, just you and Him and Him and you. And you're so intertwined that you can't even figure out where He lives off, leaves off and where you pick up. Like it's just like you're just mashed together and you're so unified. And I want you to think about two pieces of clay. You know, when my kids get Play-Doh out, I know it's only a matter of time before the purple and the red are now going to be together forever. They're not coming apart. When we take us and we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and we get together, in John, it talks about how we become one with him and he becomes one with us and he is in us and we are in him. And I want you to imagine taking that ball of clay and then it's so mashed together that it's actually now just a whole different color. And if I said to you, okay, I want you to now divide the red Play-Doh and the purple Play-Doh, you wouldn't be able to do it. It's too late. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But this is what I want us 
to be dedicated to. And that is to live in the Holy of Holies in our heart where we can host the presence of God, whether we are driving by ourselves five hours, whether we're talking to the checkout person at the grocery store, whether we're at home working on projects, whether they're doing the dishes, doing laundry, praying for people. I want you and I to be able to have this inner court oneness with God 24 seven, and then just praise God that we get to be a part of all those other things. I'll leave you with this. So think about the cross and how symbolic this is of how our Christian life works. The cross going vertical, that's our one-to-one relationship with God. You and him, him and you. And then the cross goes horizontal, right? And that represents our relationship with each other, shoulder to shoulder, brother and sister. So we live out this inner court and outer court experience. But the most important thing is that you and I are in oneness with the Holy Spirit. You can just close your eyes for just a moment, unless you're driving. Don't be closing your eyes if you're driving. (laughs) But I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to put your eyes on Jesus. I want you to feel the sacred space. Maybe it's a secret garden. Maybe it's a beach. Maybe you're just sitting in a chair with him. Maybe you're just lounging in a hammock with him. Maybe you're walking. I want you to just sense right now how you and the Holy Spirit can become one and how you are one right now and how he's caring for you. He's watching out for you. He's looking around corners for you that you can't see. He's shutting doors behind you that don't need to be open. He's putting blinders up around you so that you don't get distracted. He's taking such good care of you. He's also putting his hand in places in your heart that have been torn and maybe shattered, maybe broken, maybe bruised. And he's such a good physician. He's such a good nurse. He's tending to the places in your heart that have been wrinkled or bruised or broken. He is such a good friend. He is such a good father. And the Holy Spirit takes on the attributes of a mother. He is your absolute everything. Everything you need can be found simply in him. In Jesus' name, amen.